This is Hank for the Wildflower Bee Farm audio podcast of Monday, July 12, 2021. It's wet out there. I just had a boo and it's kind of cooler. It's wet. Uh, it's supposed to be wet most of the week. And uh, last week was a pretty interesting one in that we looked at some hives that just weren't looking right from the outside. Um, not just that they weren't bringing in any pollen, but they looked like they were just slow and lethargic two of them were splits i had made the no look splits and the mistake i had made i think is i split them too early without looking um too late sorry without looking and there was probably um mainly honey in the top versus eggs and the ability of the hive to reproduce a new queen so two of those failed and um also two of our original hives going into their third year also uh, appeared to have queen failure because there were still some bees none of them had mites um, but the population was dwindling there were no um, eggs or larvae in the hive so the bees were still there in fact they were still collecting uh, nectar Um, and another one and that one hive that i'm talking about was also being robbed at the time so i went in and had a look and sure enough it was being robbed so it really made me ponder. Now, I, I've been doing um, what we... I, we have 34 hives, sorry, 35 hives, and we came out of the winter with 30 uh, because we had a number of swarms stick around with us. But I did a lot of thinking about, and I've done more and more reading about the supposed, you know, natural non-toxic ways to treat mites and what happens, and I tried to look at both sides, and I've always been torn by it because when we started three years ago having some bees, I really was using less... Uh, than the recommended, you know, I, I would put the, as I did in the spring, I would put the hop guard or the, that was the first year we used hop guard this year, on the uh, top box instead of right on the brood. Often I would cut it by 50%. And we still had the hive survive and thrive for three years, but I, I think that uh, the problem with the whole idea of some partial treatment, I think I've given them enough of a chance to adjust. Um, when you have to put on non-corrosive gloves and a respirator to put a non-toxic product in a hive, obviously it's going to cause some other issues for bees and queens. And I'm not saying it's the only reason or the reason. I just think that when I look at what we're doing, my own um, personality, even though it's very, very difficult to watch a hive get robbed or um, you know need to be requeened, I could have gone out and got you know some queens and popped them in but we didn't want to do that we wanted things to just to take its natural course which in most cases when a queen um, fails the population of the hive dwindles other bees come in and kill and rob and then it's over for that hive so the idea of treatment free um, I joined up with a, a Facebook group called treatment free just to read what was being posted and there's some 44,000 people on that um, Facebook thing and I I think I think I've come to the conclusion and I, I know I have that if this is what we're going to do we have to really look at the long term or the long game as I like to say and the long game for us when you look at uh, primarily some of the British um, beekeepers who have gone uh, treatment free how their experience has been there still is a loss of some 30% by the way which is consistent for those who treat bees um, and so the, the bees do, um, you know, um, don't make it throughout the winter, and there's times in the summer 
But when you look at nature, they say that the natural attrition rate is about 30% in the wild. So that that's why bees are always swarming and creating new communities to make up for those losses and and the genetics and the ability and and the learned behavior of the bees to overcome different obstacles are passed on to generations. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to go treatment-free, so there'll be no more treatment, and we're just going to define it this way. We're not going to add anything artificial to a hive to help it fight or prevent disease. Um, We will continue to do the following. Our hives are spread out, so we have hives all over the property. The most we have, probably two or three together, but most of them are individual hives, you know, where they won't see another bee um, directly besides, so we're going to reduce drift. Drift is a big problem for a lot of hives. We keep a lot of hives in single boxes, so it's a smaller space, which also has proven to be helpful. Bees prefer smaller, apparently. We're going to continue to use different sized and types of hives, homes for them. Uh, continue to work on the habitat to build up the best habitat possible. Um, and that, you know, that really has to do with uh, not just wildflowers, but many of the things that's difficult. I almost got on my bush hog again this week because having been brought up on a farm, you see weeds, you just want to cut them down. And even the burdock, I did some, now I read about something before to, to sort of fight off the impulse of cutting it down. And the burdock, which we all know in the fall or, you know, in a few months when you start walking around the wild, you get these burrs stuck in your clothing. The, the bloom on the burdock <clears throat> is unbelievable as far as what the bees can do with it. So, you know, I'm really fighting that. But we're going to continue to build up the, um, you know, what's available here for the bees to, uh, to use. We're seeing white clover sort of has moved on into the bush in different parts and that's providing the bees a nice sort of uh you know moment because what happens as the um, yellow clover has waned significantly there are a number of other flowers that have popped up and it's not as prolific shall we say as it was with the yellow clover it's certain it certainly is um you know quite a quite an amount of different variations in food and what they can provide we're also not spraying the property obviously the 50 acres isn't being farmed so that's positive we also don't feed sugar syrup which there's science on that and the impact of that on the on the gut microbes of the bees we also encourage them to swarm we want our bees to swarm and and even though the majority of swarms go somewhere we have no idea where once they are in their uh ball and send out scouts we did have four of them remain on the property this year which accounts for basically all of our um, increase in um, sustainability here we're going to continue to do that we're also going to sit back unfortunately and and not intervene when we see weaker hives i'm not going to collapse hives anymore as i did last year where when a hive is struggling you or queenless you put them with a queen right hive and uh you know, make them into another hive. We're not going to try to propagate weak, weak strains. I mean, if, it's very sad to say, but if if nature is telling us that a hive isn't going to make it for whatever reason, then they're not going to make it. So we're primarily going to be creators of homes, um, observers in research. Uh, in research. We're also going to be uh, really working on the um, habitat for them. 
collecting our data, we're going to reposition some of our sensors. And with that, hopefully, uh, become a very sustainable, treatment-free um, wildflower bee farm. It is really difficult to do. I mean, I know it sounds like some people, I think, think that, you know, because it's not intensive management. Oh, the other thing we're not going to do is we're not going to open our hives every two weeks. We haven't done that, and I don't think we need to. But um, <clears throat> people think that if you're not treating for mites, somehow you're just letting things happen. It's it's more work because we have to actually work. If you think about it, rather than an apiary where you have 20 hives, or in our case, 34 hives all in one acre area, ours are all over the farm. And some of the places I put hives are pretty crazy, like over mounds that are, you know, five or six feet high, um, into, into the bush, into different sections. So it takes about an hour just to get to the different hives around the property, let alone if you were going to spend some time observing them. So this, is a, this isn't an easy way to do this. Uh, it would be easier probably just to stick them on an acre and, and, you know, do the livestock version. And, and that's fine. We're not trying to, however you raise bees, that's great. Whether you do the livestock version or you intensively manage them for honey or you intensively manage them for raising queens and broods, whatever you do, great. I'm just explaining what we're doing and we're going to be able to follow it now. We're going into our third winter for a number of hives. Um, and uh, this is a crucial winter. You know, we probably will lose 50% or more. I'm not sure, but we're basically preparing for that, even though they're going into the winter strong in most cases. So that's the story on the long game of treatment-free beekeeping that we're going to start using here on the farm. I'm Hank from the Wildflower Bee Farm. Talk soon.